Man, you know something? Coming from uh, flat-ass Central Valley of Northern California, a popular design theme that everybody loved was what we lovingly referred to as boulders and cobblestone. It was a way for very flat yards to get a little elevation, a little interest, and as we called it, contouring or berming the landscape. Hey guys, today we are talking about using natural rocks and boulders in conjunction with plants, lawn, trees, and shrubs to really add structure and interest to an otherwise common residential landscape. Hey, how are y'all doing? Excited you joined me here today, so let's get started. I would love for you to join me as part of my Yard Coach Crew community. So if you haven't already, consider subscribing. I would be honored and throw some questions in the comment section or email me anytime with a landscape issue that you have. So with no further ado, let's get today's podcast underway. Maestro, would you so kindly roll that short intro, please? Hey, I'm Matt, you can call me coach. Every week I bring to you landscape education, design concepts, pro tips in a hopefully easy to understand format so you can tackle projects yourself, get the results you want, be one heck of a lot more self-reliant in this day and age, and save a boatload of money in the process. After a 20 plus year career in the green industry as a successful self-employed landscape designer, landscape contractor, you know, retail nursery manager, educator, and college background in ornamental horticulture, I really think I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share and impart with you, the modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. So, hey, welcome. Hope all things in your world are clicking along really nice. You know something, guys? We are in full-blown spring mode in much of the world now. People are shooting questions right and left at me. I absolutely love it. For those still in those far north regions, I'm sure your spring is getting in gear rather rapidly as well. Hey, today we are discussing adding structure and bold interest in a landscape with the use of larger boulders and large and small river cobble. I think it is one of the most overlooked opportunities to be used in a residential landscape. It really changes the topography and creates interest and really naturalizes more than anything, naturalizes a residential landscape. Think of it, you know, when we hit the highways and travel to the hills and mountains of wherever you may live, in many parts of the world, we see and most likely kind of take for granted those rocky formations that were installed by old ma nature and the big guy upstairs. Trees and shrubs and grasses and forbs and perennials and ferns, you know, they surround these boulders and we call it gorgeous. And that's why we're out there in the forest looking at them. And, oh my God, how many times have you heard this? Oh, I wish I had something like this in my yard. Wouldn't it be beautiful? Well, you know something, guys? You can, you really can. You can with just a little bit of creativity and thinking it out. You know, I strongly urge you, if you really want to get a creative juices flowing in your landscape, man, take everybody out and hit the hills one day. Find creek beds and, and deep hollows and stuff and take some pictures. And then when you come back and you want to do your little landscape sketch and idea, man, just refer to those pictures, depending on where you live. Sourcing boulders and river, river cobble of various sizes is a matter of really just a quick internet search. It, they're not that hard to find. 
there are retailers most everywhere. In my area where I practiced, there were at least five or six reputable retail outlets that sold boulders and cobblestones of various sizes. Most of my boulder requests were for a type that we called moss rock field stone. Sometimes I had, back in the older days, I had uh, quite a request for the occasional feather rock and sometimes granite boulders and even the big ass river cobbles. Those were, uh, those were kind of few and far between and they were a little pricey, but sometimes people wanted them. I could buy the cobblestone or river rock in bulk sizes ranging from like half inch to palatine stones that were uh, caged in uh, heavy-duty wire baskets and then there were ones on pallets that came in anywhere from 600 to 1200 pounds a piece. A popular thing that I used to do to send a message and garner some attention at the the home and garden shows was the use of these larger boulders you know, I would go to some of my retailers and say, hey, can I borrow some for the weekend? Because they knew I was always gonna come back and buy stuff there. And then I would pick them up, put them in the dump trailer and haul them to the show, you know, the day or two before the show started. And I would place them with my skid steer and then decorate them with plants and other stuff that I had borrowed for the weekend. And they always got noticed. And 90% of the time, the jobs resulting from those shows and those displays always had boulders in them. You know, the boulders can be placed on the ground. That's the easiest thing you can do. You can get a boulder and place it on the ground and put a tree behind it and call it good, right? But boulders can be placed on the ground in a certain way and if you kinda kick it up a notch and be think more like a pro, most pros will set boulders in such a way that look more natural and not just plopped on the ground somewhere. The way I used to do it, I usually created a depression, uh, depending on the size of the boulder, but I would create a depression in the ground by digging it out and then I would place the boulder in such a way that so that the best angle or the most moss or whatever, whichever in such a way it always looked like the best side was facing where I wanted it to go. And then I would take soils, either what I dug out or adding other soils, and I would kind of semi-bury these boulders, making it appear that it was embedded in the ground. Oftentimes, just like you see on the side of a mountain somewhere. Oftentimes, I would backfill behind these boulders as well with uh, what we used to call a premium blended loam soil that I would get in bulk. Then I would compact that soil down using the skid steer and water. And then I would have these contours or these raised berm areas for planting. These berms ranged from a, a few inches up to as high as three feet in some cases. But the boulders and berms were in direct proportion of the landscape size I was working in. I did not create a volcano hill and stick a tree on top of it. That would look really out of place and add nothing to the landscape I had designed. So it has to look natural. It has to be contoured and flow from one berm to another with high spots and low spots. Proportion is a good discussion for right here. Most folks that use boulders tend to always undersize them when they purchase them. Oftentimes, amateur DIYers, they buy based on cost, obviously, but more importantly, they based on maneuverability and not what the final appearance is gonna look. I used men and machines to place boulders and when done, it made a, it made a, a, a bold statement that oh wow factor that many designers and contractors strive to attain when a customer sees it for the first time. Then there is the other side of that boulder coin and that is going so big it looks out of place as well. 
Small residential front and backyards usually look best with a series of three to 500 pound boulders mixed with some small ones occasionally. And many are placed with machines or large hand trucks using two to three guys. As long as you have a durable surface to roll it on, a large tree dolly will generally get the job done. Depending on the type of boulders you select will determine its weight in many cases. You know, I was referring to that moss rock field stone that I used quite a bit. It was not light, not by any means, but certainly was not as heavy as the same size granite or extra large river stones. Those things always weighed a third more very easily. So depending on what kind of boulders you decide to use, if you are using the boulders in a wandering, linear retaining wall application, most of the time the stones will not fit perfectly together like a hand and glove. Some space will exist between each boulder. It would take literally a mason having to chisel the boulders apart and not make them look that natural in order for them to fit like a glove. This is not Machu Picchu, okay? We're not trying to do that. We're trying to create something natural looking and not man-made. So some space will exist between those. And you know something? That's okay because when you backfill in around those things, those little voids and spaces can be filled with soils and packed in there really good. And they're a perfect medium for putting in small-scale ground covers, perennials, and, and other plant material that fill in those nooks and crannies really, really nice. And when it's all said and done, and you've got everything planted and watered in, mulched over, oh man, very nice. Very nice look, and remarkably, we are creating what you ood and odd over in the forest and the wild areas, are we not? Another naturalizing feature to mix in with your boulders is logs, logs and stumps. Uh, you know, if you go out to the forest, and I'm not asking anybody to violate any laws or rules, not by any means. But you can find down logs and timbers that are fairly new. They're not rotting and falling apart. I use these in and around water features and stream beds quite a bit to kind of really bring home the natural look. If you can find those down logs and stumps, they really can add a special look and most likely a one-of-a-kind landscape look in your neighborhood, for sure. Using the smaller cobblestone in front of the boulders kind of as a, uh, a fronting, uh, a front medium in front of the boulder wall or whatever you've created, it really creates a natural buffer and you can bring those cobblestones right up to your patios or your walkways and it makes a nice clean finish. Then take that up to and just in front of those boulders. Things stay really clean and mulch and stone don't get all mixed together because there's that boulder spacing in between. I used to use um, river cobbles in the three quarter inch class most of the time. They were big enough to stay in place if you had to blow off fall leaves from the area and yet small enough not to harbor a lot of unwanted buggies like earwigs and sow bugs and slugs and snails. Those things just wreak havoc on things like hostas and other plants. And remember this, underneath that three-quarter cobble or whatever you decide to use, I suggest you put down, you know, a, a good commercial fabric to kind of not allow the rocks to settle down into the soil and to keep weeds at bay for as long as possible. Another popular use with boulders is creating dripping stones. And I don't know if you've ever heard of those before, but they're a form of water feature. And you do this by 
uh, sourcing out a drilling company, probably where you get the boulders, they can drill the boulders in a half inch or three quarter inch holes through them. Then you can put tubing up inside there uh, and then have a preformed basin dug in the ground and you put these boulders on top of the basin and you run a pump with a couple of fixtures that go to each stone, maybe one big stone or three smaller stones that have been drilled out and then fill that basin up with water and use the pump. You place that tubing up in there and now you have water coming up in and out of these boulders and dripping back down into that basin. Oh man, what a fantastic look. And then around the basin, you can decorate it with cobbles and maybe some boulders similar to that in the background. That really, really sets things off naturally. If you decide on using boulders for creating a retaining wall, I suggest offsetting each layer just a little into the hillside for stability and strength. Anything three feet or higher should have a, a form of drainage behind it to alleviate any sort of water pressure that might come up behind a boulder retaining wall. But most times, guys, most times in smaller residential settings, and for most DIYers, stay below three feet. Any higher, and you start looking for permits to be pulled and engineering drawings that have to be approved by the local uh, decision makers at city hall or county offices. In the industry, at least out west, some terminology for buying boulders were words like head size boulders, two-man boulders, three to fives, meaning 300 to 500 pound boulders, palletized, meaning individual boulders that needed a pallet to be placed. They, you couldn't fit more than one stone on the pallet. And in the river cobblestone genre, we called rock three-quarter round or three-quarter crushed. I generally always use three-quarter round in front of the boulders or for stream beds or dry creek beds. I never got into the crush stuff unless it was a pathway type of situation. So three-quarter round, three to fives, meaning three-inch to five-inch cobblestones, five to nines, meaning five-inch to nine-inch cobblestones, large cobble in uh, pallet baskets, and generally you'll start approaching 12 inch, maybe 14 inch size, and then the bigger ones on pallets. Man, those, those bigger ones on pallets, God, they were beautiful. Those are ones that I used the last couple years at garden shows and people just went, oh my God, I can't believe you, you got these in here. But then they couldn't stop touching them. They'd rub their hands on it. It was like some kind of a magic rock or something. Are boulders expensive? They can be. Depends on your location and how far did the stones or boulders you want come from to get to your retailer. The farther they came away, probably the more expensive. So how do you budget this element into your project? I suggest usually if you're on kind of a tight budget, I suggest downsizing plant sizes, number one. Downsizing fancy light fixtures if you're going with lighting Instead of getting the $120 light fixture, get the $40 light fixture for now. Then allocate a certain dollar amount for the boulders. In my jobs that I did, I can remember boulders for the smaller residential yards costing, say, six to $800 for enough boulder to really make a statement for the smaller yards I was doing. And for some of the larger yards, I can remember buying uh, $3,000 worth of rocks. And that's quite a bit for rocks, but this one particular job could, uh, it, it needed it and it could afford it. And it was a massive job. Does that fit in everybody's wheelhouse and everybody's checkbook? Uh, no, not everybody. 
but sometimes, maybe, kind of depends. You know, you could save for it. You could, I don't suggest going and getting second, third jobs to afford boulders. Maybe you want to go out and find just one, one big ass boulder for a, a centerpiece, a focal point, something along those lines. I've seen that done in landscapes as well. You know, retailers have no problem getting them to your house or driveway, but after that, it's on you, unless you pay some people. But moving them around can be a bit of a task. I'm not gonna lie to you about that. I have had many a night where I was sore and tired as a result of wrestling rocks. Uh, holy crap, I can remember using all of my skid steer, my little mini skid steer strength, plus a man or two sometimes to place a larger boulder just right. And we're talking something that was anywhere from eight to 900 pounds worth of boulder. I will tell you, I never got involved in crane crane operation size boulders. I, I just didn't get into, that was not my niche, and I didn't need to. I stayed in my niche and never got hurt, number one, never got anybody else hurt, and I never damaged anyone's house as a result of placing these things. So, if you are considering something a little different in a landscape install or makeover, maybe boulders of some kind might be the ticket. You know, you add some lighting in and around for evening and nighttime ambiance, creepy smaller scale ground covers, small bulbs like crocus and stuff coming up in between the boulders in the springtime for color surprises early on, naturalize a self-contained water feature, and incorporate logs and limbs and wow, you know, you can really end up with a show place. Hey, something to consider, right? Hey, if you'd really like to expand on your landscape skills, and if you're considering a landscape makeover or landscape install, maybe boulders are gonna be your ticket. It might really help if you bump up your education just a little bit. Check out the website at youryardcoach.com. I only have two products there. One is an inexpensive book called Landscaping Simplified, and then I got my flagship, my, my digital educational course, for DIYers who want to landscape their place by themselves with just about as much education as a, a brain could possibly handle without sitting down in a college classroom for 18 months, check out Homescape 1.0. I always have the email available to you. I always have the website up and available to anyone who wants to check it out. I'd appreciate it because, you know, hey, you know, it does cost a little bit to, to bring out these podcasts and the YouTube videos, and hey, it helps an old retired landscaper out. So. Anyway, enough of that sales pitch. I have been so proud that you guys have joined me here today. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing, either to the podcast here and follow me every week, or look at me over there on uh, YouTube, on Yard Coach on the YouTube channel. I would love to have you over there, and I love having you as part of my Yard Coach crew. So until next week, guys. I'm Matt. You can call me coach. I'll catch you guys next week. Have a wonderful weekend and take care. See you next Friday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Yard Coach. Check out the original videos on YouTube at Yard Coach or email Coach Matt at youryardcoach at gmail.com. And hey, did you get your free 15-step landscaping project checklist? Check out the podcast description below for the link to your free PDF as well as the YouTube channel for more great information for the DIYer in you. See you next week.